Welcome to Equosity, our podcast on all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of Clicker Training for Your Horse and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And normally, I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. But in June, I was visiting with a good friend of mine, Becky Chapman. Becky runs a training facility in Suffolk in the UK. All the horses in her yard are clicker trained, so I always feel at home there. And one evening during my visit, we sat down together for what turned into a very long and fascinating conversation. Last week, you heard the story of Gazelle, a mare who introduced herself to Becky by rearing up when Becky put a makeshift halter on her. And so she reared up and fell over sideways. But Becky still took her home and tried to turn her into a riding horse. She had two major falls from her, both of which ended up in broken legs. Becky's, not the horses. And in an odd way, these breaks turned out to be a good thing. The long recovery gave Becky time to study subjects that were outside the normal British Horse Society teaching curriculum that she had been exposed to. After she recovered from the second fall, she began riding with Mary Wanless. Becky describes Mary as a very experienced biomechanics coach who approaches horse instruction with a physicist's brain. That's an interesting description. Becky's interpretation of Mary's work is that most riders are part of the problem. So the question that Mary explores is, how do we help riders to become part of the solution? And that's the question we're also going to be exploring as we rejoin the conversation. So when did you, so at this point, did you make contact with Mary Wanless? Yes. So before I had Gazelle put to sleep, I was training regularly with Mary, both on her riding courses and also teacher training. Okay. And yeah, it just made so much sense. Because not everybody is going to know who Mary Wanless is. Mm -hmm. So can you sort of in a nutshell, who's Mary Wanless, what is Ride With Your Mind? So Mary is, my interpretation (laughs) of her work would be that most riders are part of the problem in terms of limiting their horse's performance. Okay. So how do we help the rider to become part of the solution? So we, many of us had the experience where we see our horse in their field and they're moving like a dream. Yes. And then you get on. Right. And that yeah. beautiful movement is yeah. not there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she has very easy to understand sort of scientific based concepts that in the early stages help you to become less of a hindrance to your horse in terms of taking responsibility for your own body weight yes it's an interesting concept because i don't know 80 kilos is 80 kilos right but we know if we go to pick up our horse's hind leg if the horse agrees you know to hold his own leg whilst we pick that foot out it's very different from you're the fifth leg whilst you're endeavoring to pick those same leg it would weigh the same on the scales but your perception of that weight is different or if you go to pick up a child 
that wants to be picked up yes. or a child that doesn't want to be picked up or a sleeping child compared to an awake child yes. or a child that's having a hysterical fit compared to one that's sort of joyous. Right. Same child, right. same weight, but our perception of that weight is is different. It's very different, mm-hmm. yes. So I got and, ha- and, and continue to get a huge amount from her work directly, but also because it helped me to realise how many holes I had in my game as a rider certainly but more as a as a coach and developed a passion for wanting to help other people because now I could see that I could make a difference in a uh-huh. in a positive and tangible way okay rather than I'm the problem because not a rain yeah heels down right so everybody trot <laughs> <laughs> right 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 uh-huh. So the teaching side got so busy we couldn't cope with the livery yard anymore. And I never thought I'd want to cut back on the liveries to right. do more teaching. Right. Something had to give. And it, it was the livery yard that I downsized significantly. And the teaching increased and increased and increased until I couldn't, I couldn't get round to everybody often enough. Just a lovely position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. It was... I love, absolutely loved it. And that's one of the reasons why we set the centre up that we have here. So it's like, well, well, it was kind of a bit, it was a bit more accidental than that. So there were a group of riders that I couldn't get to see regularly enough for them anymore. And they suggested that maybe they could come to me for a couple of days. Ah, okay. And we did this for about two years and they came for four days every six months over that two-year period. And I realised that they had made more significant, tangible and lasting changes over that two-year period than the people that I've been seeing more regularly. Right. So that kind of had me scratching my head a bit. And I, I think that part of the reason for that is that most people are so busy that there's a huge amount of slippage. So let's say you, I book a lesson with you because yes. you're only 45 minutes down the road. Yes. And you can come to me on a Tuesday afternoon. But I've already got three horses to ride before you get here. Okay. And I must remember that my mother-in-law has a hospital appointment directly afterwards. Right. And that we need to pick up the milk and yes. so on and so on. So by the time I've had a chance to debrief myself after the wonderful session you and I have had together, the amount of information I've retained is probably a very small proportion of what you were generous enough to share with me, even if it was the most fabulous lesson. Yes. The slippage is... Is, yes. Huge. And because you're coming same time next week, I don't have to massively take the responsibility because you'll come and pick up all the drop stitches that right. I might not have given myself time to ingest because, well, that's okay. Because Alex will tell next me week. next week. Yes. So I never really, I never own the process. Yeah. Particularly because I become dependent upon right. you coming. And that social experience of once a week, you're there admiring my horse the focus is on me mm-hmm. that it's it's almost not so much about what we learn though that is important as that the social enrichment is also yeah. huge but that's very different from making 
real and lasting significant yeah, progress. I think so. Yeah. And I th- and this is maybe uh, a fault in me. I don't know that it's generally true, but if you're seeing somebody, you know, horse and rider combination, say let's say weekly, it's difficult. I find it difficult to see them for what's in front of me than, well, this is where we pick up from where we left off yes. last time. Whereas if I yes. get to see you and your horse every three, six or 12 months, there's a completely fresh eye perspective on what's in front of me. Yes. In a way that I feel I can deliver something. And, and also, I'm not going to remember to ask you how your mother-in-law's appointment went right. in the hospital because I'm not going to, you know, so that doesn't eat into the, the right. precious time we... We have to get that. And there's that immersion. Mm-hmm. We certainly see that in the yep. quicker training clinics. Yep. That where you're spending three days stepping out of your normal patterns. Mm-hmm. The cues that put you into different yeah. habits. So you have that opportunity to make mm-hmm. real change. Mm-hmm. Because you have stepped out of yep. your habitual patterns. Yeah. I certainly see this in the quicker training clinics and the opportunity to learn from one another because there's yes. a small group yes. all working perhaps on completely different things but all singing from the same hymn sheet yes cheerleading for one another yes absolutely um, conversation that goes on long into the night that reaffirms things that you, right. you don't have that opportunity necessarily when you're at home doing all the stuff right. that you have to do at home the morning tea break and chatting mm. and all of those things yeah. that are part of the enriching experience yeah so you were seeing that mm. with these clients mm-hmm. and that created the next another shift. Yeah. That was a that was a big reason why we did it. There were other reasons. Right. There always are many reasons. Yeah. yeah. But that was one of them. Yeah. So you built the center here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So instead of renting a yard that I could have given two weeks' notice on and my main business expense being running the car, we took out a nice big loan and built this place here and wondered then will anybody ever come and they did and they have so that's great yeah and so that would be just over 14 years ago now one of the things that happened that I wasn't expecting to happen which has been great is how some very unexpected friendships and bonds and connections have been made and how people have become their own support network away yes from here because it can be very lonesome if you're the only one on your livery yard of 20 but as hannah was saying today by now you should be doing x with your right, horse right right to not all get, that pressure yeah here she has a young horse and there was all this pressure right. you should be yeah you should be yeah and she knows she knows exactly what she's doing uh-huh. and she's doing a beautiful job and yeah. instead of having that acknowledged mm-hmm. it's why aren't you riding her yet mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she's only three mm-hmm. <laughs> be on the luncheon side reins or yes yeah, whatever yes, it may yes. be yeah and it yeah. and to have yes it's great that they can come and have that affirmed here but you know realistically that can only happen x number of courses in a year right but they they've become their own little there's that, little hubs of them yeah here there and everywhere around the country and, and that's really clear. I get the sense of that when mm. I've met your clients who, who come here. And it's clear. It's like they all know one another, yeah. so to speak. And, and there's a real feeling of 
support and real friendship. Yeah. And I, I think that's of tremendous value yeah. that that is, is that, that wasn't what, That wasn't something yeah. we set out. Not in the to, business not, plan. Not on, not, no, not on purpose. Yeah. And I've, I've really enjoyed that. And, you know, when there have been times where there would have been easier options to take, that's really been the thing that's kept me doing it. Yeah. Other things get held up in front of you that maybe would be less time consuming or whatever it may be, you know, that you could make a living or. Right, 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 right. Ah, that's not something I'm ready to let go of. So when I met you, you were, you would have still been studying with Mary. Yes. Guy. Yeah, you had Guy. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And he was another little he, warm blood. Little warm blood. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking. I remembered him as a warm Beautiful. blood. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. Um, so my equine physio told me about this horse, and she said. He's very cheap because he's very naughty. Um, <laughs> but you'll love him. <laughs> and, and I did. He was just my type of cheeky chappy. But I ate so much sand. Oh, well, that's an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> that's and, a really interesting way of putting it. I remember Chris. And after two really bad falls yeah. I can see the whole family is going oh she we're does. so supportive of yeah. this Becky keep riding this horse it was really you. interesting because if you made a mistake he was out of there I, you know my sense now is that when a mistake had occurred he'd been in trouble you know whether right. the mistake right. was his mistake or whatever so if you came slightly off balance, his reaction was very much the opposite of what we were talking about. One of the other things we were talking about today about how, you know, the horse stays between you and the ground yes. and there may be a moment where the horse goes one way and then they come back, catch you and, and yes. it's like, oh, yes, oh, you darling. You know? <laughs> yes, if, if I was not perfect, perfect, both in terms of what was going on in the grey cells, but also in my riding, off. Wow. And my husband said to me, no, I thought you could ride. You know, <laughs> why do you keep falling off this horse? <laughs> so, I don't know. Spoken Is like it? a non-rider if ever there was one. But once he saw it, once he saw one of Guy's moments. And I, I remember holding the pommel after three times around the arena going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> knowing this is only going to end one way. And the next thing I remember is opening my eyes and Chris standing over me saying, wow, it was like a fairground ride. <laughs> I didn't know which end was going to come up first. <laughs> um, and then I, I, so I'd, you know, been doing Mary stuff and I'd looked into natural horsemanship and I got my, you know, pressure halter and... I said to Chris one day after I'd fallen off the horse again, I have tried everything, everything. <laughs> with this horse. And there are so many different ways he could have reacted to that. Mm. And he said to me, oh, yeah, what would you tell a client to do? Now, this was such a switch because suddenly, not that necessarily have the answer to what the client should do, but I'm realising I haven't tried everything. 
you know, there right. are any number of things that I could explore that I haven't yet. And I, I already know that horses don't behave like that for no reason. Yeah. He had navicular syndrome. He was the horse that converted me to barefoot um, because I'd followed what the vets and insurance company had told me to do with surgical shoeing and medication and he was no sounder. But once we transitioned him effectively to barefoot and once thanks to your work and the support of some wonderful baby Irish horses, he learned how to hack out and go on different surfaces. He got sound and wow. and yeah, I came to you to help me sugarcoat so that I could manage this horse. And that's what I did with Guy. Yeah. <laughs> I sugarcoated. And I remember being in your back garden and we were going through the head lowering. Mm-hmm going through the details of the teaching the head lowering is taught out of backing in a square. And that would have been in the guy, the guy era. Yeah. 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 Well, I met you with Guy um, when Manda first. Okay. Yeah, so I brought Guy to Milton College, was mm-hmm. it, to, to that one. I don't actually remember anything that happened on there other than specifically but, but what I remember is I booked it because I wanted to go and learn about clicker training. I thought, I'll go and do a clicker training course and then I'll know about clicker training. And coming home and thinking, wow, okay. <laughs> this is the next can of worms to be opened. This is yeah. so much more than I ever yeah. thought it was. Yeah, I've heard that. But one. I'm still a bit like, yeah, but I'll just carry on doing what I'm right, doing and right. click and reinforce the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely carried on doing that for a very long time. And I certainly didn't need to, to learn how to lead my horse again. Right. No, right. didn't need I any, didn't of, that need any of that road. I my stuff. horse. Yes. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't need any of that. Um, just teach me about clicker. Right. <laughs> I really don't know why you stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it, I, and yet here I am. He, um, you just can't crazy get lady. It, what is it? What is that expression that you can't get rid of me like a bad penny or something? There's some other expression around that line. I don't know. I'm very slow to really truly buy in. <laughs> yeah, I'm very grateful that Set you Set it are. up and wait. That's Isn't right, that what yeah. we were doing today? you said to me the first time I ever heard you saying when you said it to me trust the process and I thought I have trusted so many processes so many times before and it's all gone so wrong right what is it about this woman that makes me think maybe this is a process I can trust (laughs) (laughs) and here we are and I'm still learning to trust the process yeah yeah as are we all (laughs) (laughs) no it's been great and it yeah, there, there are lots of things, lots of people, lots of techniques, lots of strategies that have, you know, been on the journey to, to where I am now. But Clicker is the thing I got into, as I say, to help me with problem issues, with problem horses. I was not expecting it to change my whole life. And it has it's it completely changed the way that I interact with my parents, with wow. my siblings, with my children. I only had one child when we met. With my husband. Yeah, it's, there's nothing I've done that has been wasted time. And that in some small way I don't pull 
stuff out of even the British Horse Society stuff right, from time right, to time. Right, I'm going right. to pull something when I'm, you know, really digging deep in the toolkit. I had no idea it would change right. everything. It has such a trivial sounding name. <laughs> Clicker training. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just, you know, it's this little plastic toy. <laughs> you, you know, you can use it to do a little problem solving here or there. Yeah. It's that marker signal, whatever. It's okay. Yeah, it's science based, all the rest of it. But just this, it has such a trivial name. Yeah. And it has such a life yeah. impact. Mm -hmm. So I want to keep going along the timeline, but I think it's worth, should we, can you, what is it, it, what are some of the things that uh, mm -hmm. are about clicker training where it becomes that umbrella mm -hmm. under which so many things are organized and so many things change. What are some of the changes? One of the biggest ones is that I am not famed or known by people who would say they know me the best. Like, so, family. Right. Okay. For being tolerant and patient, I'm quite the opposite of that. And yet, my clients would say, so, but I mean, I know they know that I can, right, you know, right, right. be who I am and this, that, and the other. But you know, I now understand that there's a reason behind every behavior, and I don't even need to know what that reason is. I just have to know that there's a reason, and yep. that behind this behavior that we may see as undesirable, there's a reason behind yes. it. There's yes, there's an, a positive that makes intention sense to the behind, organism. Yeah, that makes sense to the organism. Yeah, yeah. The rat is always right, as, yeah. as, as Jesus would say. Yeah. <laughs> the dog now wants to join yes. the conversation. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and seeing, uh, again, being someone who can easily become and has historically quite enjoyed being confrontational and seeing difference. Um, seeing sameness and looking for rightness rather than wrongness. Yeah, which is profoundly which is important. important. Yeah. But I had realised before I started working with you or embracing your work that it was more effective coaching riders by flagging up what you want instead rather than constantly repeating, telling people what they're doing wrong. Okay. I was much slower to catch on with the horses than I was with the people about that. <laughs> crazy dog. <laughs> Very crazy dog. So any whuffling, snuffling, <laughs> tapping of claws on the on the floor, just it's just a perfectly charming and delightful. Who knows what? I, I don't know what it is. It's yeah. supposed to be a dog. It's sort of a dog. <laughs> sort of a dog. Oh, so, a dog. So when did the simulator come? Uh, that was after we opened 
here. And the last thing we needed, really, because it was a big uh, financial yes. commitment. And then I decided this would be a great complement to, to what we offer here already, which is fundamentally people coming with their own horses for training. So I think it would have been about 10 years ago now when we got the simulator. So we've been open a little while before, before, he, before I found out about that specific simulator which is super clever with uh, sensors that give the rider stride-by-stride stride feedback on what's happening with their balance in various planes of motion. So he's been a very labour-intensive because he, he takes as much looking after as a, as a horse. As a real yes. horse yes. The software and the mechanical issues and yeah. what have you. But he's a very impressive horse. Yeah. 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 And with the computer screens up there that give you all the readouts yes. and so on. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the center, mm-hmm. you had you have Strider, the mm-hmm. simulator. Yeah. Were you still working with Mary when you got the simulator or had you Yes. Yes. That yes, I was. And Mary has one the same. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So there were five ever made of that particular riding simulator. One is with Mary, one is here, one belonged to a client of mine. Ah. Yeah. Uh, one still in Germany, which is where he was manufactured. Okay. And there's one somewhere crazy like Tokyo or something. I don't know. Somewhere. That just sounds it, uh, particularly bizarre given that, as I understand it, it's in a high-rise flat. Oh. And when you realise how heavy yes. and delicate yes. that simulation is. And how they really how, got him up how the stairs. Did, how did they do that? Yeah. Um, but so the story goes anyway. But the, the client of mine who owned one, who is... The most amazing woman and now I think in her late 80s and no longer riding but still has lots of horses that yes. people event for her and she, and wonderful woman she gifted her simulator to ours because the parts wear out over oh, time and okay. the manufacturer no longer manufactures them so we have a sort of so Strider has an organ donor. That's exactly what he has. Hence now he's called Strider Brown because Patricia Brown. Ah, okay. Her. Yes, because he's at least half... <laughs> <laughs> half, half brown now. <laughs> and it's really thanks to Chris's skill set that somehow we've managed to nurse him through. So it's a lot of moving parts. Parts, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and teeny tiny sensors, some of which are like a hair in diameter. Very overcomplicated, you could argue, piece of equipment. But very useful. Yes. And it's particularly useful, I think, because all of the things that I want people to c- come here for, that's a big commitment, right? You know, to travel yes. your darling horse X number of miles across the country and work with someone who, you don't know, you know, how they're going to be with you how they're going to be with your horse whether you're going to hit it off together do you really want to spend three days in the company of that person and expose your darling horse to them without ever necessarily having met them face to face before or not experience the way that they that they teach yeah yes um so he's been very useful for that as well as supplementing the lessons so people can come on a simulator Mm. weekend or just that's the only hit and run lessons that i do now is on the riding simulator Okay. I do. Hit and run does sound right. a little bit, perhaps not the best way of... Is it of, not? No, I don't think okay. so. Perhaps 
what would we call it? The, the, the lessons where you haven't, I don't know. But we'll, we'll let people come up with their own. <laughs> right. Well, you come for your lesson and you pay and you go away. Yeah, okay. Yeah. One off. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there is a debrief at the end, but it's not, you know, you're not here for the whole day right. uh, watching. There are currently a lot of, of and... not a lot of, but there are, there are some simulators in the US and they have the computer screen uh-huh. readouts and so on. So if, if someone were to come here for a simulator lesson, yeah. what should they expect from that experience? What is it like? Well, what Strider has his own room he to does. go in. Yes. He's he he is a horse. Yes. Even though he's with no legs. With no legs. Oh that sounds even worse. <laughs> Hit and run lessons on a legless horse. But he's the, So the, he's a he look he he has a He looks like the horses that you sometimes see in the tax that's exactly that are, what that, it is. that yes yeah. who are, who are modeling the blankets. It, that's exactly without any legs. Yes. Yes. It, it, so it, it stands on a pedestal that looks a little bit like a hovercraft skirt. So yes. the legs are substituted with this kind of hovercraft skirt. And under there is the the clever moving parts. Okay. And the really clever stuff is the software that gives the readout on the rider. So if, if you were coming for a session, what you would expect is to help yourself to a cup of tea, because most likely I'll be working with the preceding rider when you arrive with your own saddle in hand frequently not necessarily but i think if you're making positional changes it may be easier right. to take them home to your own horse if it's so in a saddle is striding one of those horses that actually lots of different saddles fit well <laughs> yes and no so clearly the saddle your saddle will be adjusted to fit your own horse so that may not be an ideal fit on strider but we do know it's not going to hurt him right he's so, not going to get right. sore in his back and then what i do is I can calibrate the simulator to ignore your saddle. Oh. So let's say your saddle, you know, has been adjusted to be, you know, lifted at one side or at the back or whatever it may be. It's so sensitive it will pick up those imbalances in the saddle as he would perceive them because they, you know, may not okay. be correct for yes. him, even though, you know, your, your saddler may decide that's the best thing for you. So generally speaking, if a a rider brings their own saddle I will uh, put that saddle on and run a sequence through the simulator that will calibrate the simulator to accept the saddle as part of itself okay so it knows where the middle is up down front back and left and right of itself plus your saddle okay and that could be a side saddle oh that could be a bareback pad that could be a western saddle that could be a dressage saddle that could be a gp whatever Whatever you ride. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes the sequence takes longer if it's a particularly, you know, unusual yes. uh, shape of saddle. Okay. Um, so by and large, that's what I'll do. And whilst I'm doing that, which process usually takes a couple of minutes, I'll find out what you want to get from the session. So what brings you here? And someone might say to me something like, well, I have a pathological fear of canter and I would like to canter in a completely safe way or... I'm recovering from a hip replacement and I want to know what compensations I'm bringing back to my horse and how to address them or my riding instructor is always telling me that my hands are unlevel and I would like to you know find out whether this is true or not and how to address it or okay could be lots of different what, things what, bring whatever it is yeah. yes yeah. curiosity mm, yes sometimes less often when we first got him people would come for their sort of 
annual fairground ride on the simulator. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, you know, it's not necessarily the kind of coaching that I'm that that interested, interested in, in delivering right. and he's busy right. enough now that I can Say, fill his diary yes. appropriately. Yes. So let's say that uh, we'll take the first one, that I'm a rider who has a fear of cantering. Right. So what kind of experience am I going to have? Well, what I'm not going to do is get you up there and just bung it straight into canter. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm unlikely to. So again, in great part because of you, I want to set them up to succeed. Okay, so I'm going to be discussing with them you know a little bit about why you know is this a real or imagined issue because if they're fearful of canter because the horse is manifesting a certain type of you know behavior yeah then is it a legitimate fear then i'm not gonna not be helping them with their balance issues but i am going to be sowing some seeds about you know, things they could be exploring as to why this may be. Right. And whilst this conversation is ongoing, I'll explain to them that I'm going to get a baseline, or the simulator will get a baseline readout on their balance just in walk. Okay. So whilst we're chatting away, then the simulator walks on, and the first ride... Usually, you know, a bit like when you get on a horse, you don't know, it feels really odd and people get giggly and, or, oh my goodness, you know, any number of reactions. So we just kind of go, so that was you just getting to know him and him getting to know you and we run the sequence again. And then I will save that information that I will then talk them through and give them a printout that tells them what's going on in the various planes of motion. And that's basically what it came being able to do, right? So it's okay. a tool for telling you all the things that you're doing badly as a rider. Oh, yeah. So okay. <laughs> then my job is to go, okay, so if the simulator is saying that you're behind the balance point, so your weight is too far back, what are we going to do instead? Too far to the left, how will we make it so it's more even left and right? Frequently, if there's a rain evenness issue, by resolving either or both of the above, that goes away. Okay. <laughs> Unless it's a big differential. Yep. Often ounces of differential get amended through the balance because the hands are doing something for the rider that. Right. In an unconscious attempt to balance them, and once they've un the, I want the rider to be able to tell me how they'll know that feeling again compared to their they're normal yes yes and and so it goes on you know from there so we may continue in walk we may get off and do something on the ground or they might end up doing trot and canter in that 45 minute session it completely depends on on the yeah individual yeah yeah often people especially if they're traveling from further afield so we have some people coming from sweden shortly and they're two ladies coming together and they've booked a session one after the other in the morning and then they're going to go and find somewhere lovely to have lunch and come and have another session in the afternoon so what will they have processed over lunch what will be different what will be the same Same. will they be able to maintain what they explored in the morning 
and potentially move on from there. Those kind of things are all possibilities. Right. And then you have riders who, let's say, they're really struggling to turn up into down in trot sitting. So there's there's a mismatch between the bounce. Yes. I don't really want the horses and the riders to be practicing doing that together. Yes. That's for not that's all not... sorts of different yeah, that's right. reasons. <laughs> and you know, the simulator if it's a cold day and I need to spend all day in halt pulling on this bit and moving that bit and explaining it in a better way, then he's not going to get cold. If it's a hot day and we need to spend a long time repeating something again and again and again, you know, there's no value to the horse in doing that in the arena. That's right. I don't worry about doing that on the simulator. And they're moving plus still. So... I'm pretty good at getting my eye in on what's happening when things are moving around, but you can get a whole nother level of clarity when the rider is moving, but they're still in front of you because the horse is on the spot, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So it's just a really phenomenal way of really helping the riders part of the equation Mm -hmm. and what they're bringing to Mm -hmm. the, to the mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, I've, I've always, I've said, to have a simulator at the mm. barn never mind letting other people come and ride on it it would be so useful it doesn't satisfy the need for a meaningful partnership though it doesn't no, matter no, it doesn't. how much it doesn't. you stroke him and he doesn't no. give you that but you can put in a lot of miles in the saddle as <laughs> it can. were without putting that wear and tear sure. on your horse yeah. you can and you can ask a lot of questions of yourself yeah it doesn't give you the same feedback that a horse gives no. you but it is definitely useful it is feedback yeah, yeah. it is some feedback. Form or another yep yeah so when did when did mac come uh, mac came hmm i'm not very good at years but after guy was sound and really going great <laughs> there's this irishman who lived in essex whose hobby was growing lovely irish horses Okay. He had a wonderful patch of land and some brood mares, and he'd go over to the Gorsbridge sales and buy weanlings and bring them back and grow them, and he'd do just the right amount of handling, you know. So they hadn't done too much, but they knew that people did stuff with horses, yes. and and they he had a way with them, you know. The horses liked yes, liked Michael a lot. yes. I've met people who yeah. are just they're just phenomenal yeah. with young horses he was great yeah and it was it was through a client he ended up asking me to take a number of these horses that he'd that he'd grown on a bit and they were ready to start being riding horses and he was not a rider i had lots of clients who and contacts who might be interested in taking these horses on so i do little bits and stuff with them and then we'd find something that Michael would come once a fortnight and tell me how much to charge for them and I always thought well that's a lot of money and he'd always <laughs> he knew he knew exactly what he was was doing yeah okay uh, and they were all just lovely just all different from one another mostly pure but some part bred Irish drafts just great horses and they helped Guy with the hacking because they were uncomplicated for the most part and I really only just taught them just 
it's okay you know just go forward you know nothing fancy nothing right. special and that there's nothing that it just hadn't had any for the most part toxic or nasty experiences so you know if you pair it with the clicker and everything's fine then they just the world go out and do and stuff yeah. and it was just pretty jolly for the most part when we were trying to get guy sound and my barefoot trimmer was saying really what he needs is more wear on his feet and different surfaces you need to get him out hacking <laughs> well, you can hack him if you like you know <laughs> and he was he was not you know i could have hacked him out on my own but I, you'd kind of ruined that for me because by now i'm right i can feel the <laughs> horses <laughs> yeah not enjoying this right yeah, so yeah. i you know need to do other things and and i could take him out with clients and friends but it wasn't a pleasurable hack right because he might be ricocheting off their horse or you know just think that's not really pleasurable for anybody yes so i wondered if he'd ride and lead so i nannied him off these irish horses who would just go forwards and straight past things and they might kind of look at something but say off you go and they'd go and guy would be in the end of a lead rope kind of pinging around and bouncing a little bit into these horses who didn't seem to mind terribly much um and then quite quickly the penny dropped and he's like you can just go past things. You don't have to yeah. spin 180 or rush or run or try and get away from it into a field or whatever it may be. It's like it had never occurred to him. It never occurred. He had every oh. other... He was very athletic, right? So why would you? <laughs> it's easy to Do throw all your legs in the air. Or, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so yet, yeah, he, and he yet they're just the going by. What, yeah. a, what a peculiar Crazy notion. Thought. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who'd have thought? And he became a lovely horse to hack on his own and in company. It was like, ah. And what I would do would, in the early stages was I'd be clicking and reinforcing the horse I was riding, not because it was the horse I was riding, but because that was the horse that was you know, behaving in the way that was that what, you wanted. what I wanted. Yes. And, and Guy couldn't quite understand why. He, he was clicker literate enough not to try to come to the treat. You know how yes. they know when you're working with who? I don't yeah, know how they yeah. know, but they do but they know, do. don't they? They who, do. Who you're clicking for. So that, that helped too. And Mac was one of the last of Michael's horses to come through here because he kept him an extra year. Um, he was emigrating to Australia as well, um, oh. which is where, as far as I know, he still lives now. Because he said he, he was a little bit slow, not, at, not in the brain, but you know, physically a bit slower. So he'd given him an extra year. He arrived here. <laughs> Every single one of these horses I'd really liked as soon as it arrived. I was like, wow. And when Mac fell out of the trailer, which he did, you know, in a sort of <laughs> tangled heap of legs and a large head. Yes. <laughs> yes. I said to Michael, oh. <laughs> he said, it's the best yet. There's the music. You know it had to come soon. So Mac was the best yet, but you're going to have to wait until next time to find out what that means. It's a story you will definitely want to hear. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about Becky's coaching, visit her website, ashenec.com.
ashen.co.uk. That's ashen, A-S-H-E-N-E-C, .co.uk. And until next time, have fun with your training.